Chapter 19 of Stories of King Arthur and His Knights This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan Stories of King Arthur and His Knights by Hugh Waldo Cutler Chapter 19 Sir Tristram and the Fair Soul By good fortune, Sir Tristram with Governail arrived in Ireland fast by a castle where King Anguish and the Queen were. As he came to land, he sat and harped in his bed a merry lay, such as none in Ireland ever heard afore that time. And when the King and Queen were told of this stranger that was such a harper, anon they sent for him and let search his wounds, and then asked him his name. Then he answered, I am of the country of Leoness. My name is Tramtrist, and I was thus wounded in a battle as I fought for a lady's right. "'Truly,' said King Anguish, "'ye shall have all the help in this land that ye may. "'But I let you wit in Cornwall I had a great loss, "'as ever king had, "'for there I lost the best knight of the world. "'His name was Mahos, "'a full noble knight of the table round.' "'Then he told Sir Tristram "'wherefore Sir Mahos was slain. "'Sir Tristram made semblant as if he was sorry, "'and yet better knew he how it was than the king.' The king for great favour had Tramtrist put in his daughter's keeping, because she was a noble surgeon. When she searched his wound, she found that therein was poison, and so she healed him within a while. Therefore Tramtrist cast great devotion to the fair Isode, for she was at that time the fairest maid of the world. He taught her to harp, and she soon began to have a great fancy unto him. Then soon he showed himself to be so brave and true a knight in the jousts, that she had great suspicion that he was some man of honour proved, and she loved him more than heretofore. Thus was Sir Tramtrist long there well cherished by the king and the queen, and especially by Isode the fair. Upon a day Sir Tramtrist was absent, the queen and Isode roamed up and down in the chamber, and beheld his sword there as it lay upon his bed. And then, by mishap, the queen drew out the sword and regarded it a long while. Both thought it a passing fair sword, but within a foot and a half of the point there was a great piece thereof broken out of the edge. When the queen espied that gap in the sword, she remembered her of a piece of a sword that was found in the brain-pan of Sir Mahos, her brother. "'Alas!' then said she unto her daughter, the fair sword, "'this is the traitor knight that slew thine uncle.' When Isolde heard her say so, she was sore abashed, for much she loved Sir Tramtrist, and full well she knew the cruelness of her mother. Anon the queen went unto her own chamber and sought her coffer, and there she took out the piece of the sword that was pulled out of Sir Mahos's head. Then she ran with that piece of iron to the sword that lay upon the bed, and when she put that piece unto the sword, it was as meet as it could be when new broken. The queen now gripped that sword in her hand fiercely, and with all her might ran straight to where she knew Tramtrist was, and there she would have thrust him through, had not a knight pulled the sword from her. Then, when she was lettered of her evil will, she ran to King Anguish, and told him on her knees what traitor he had in his house. The king was right heavy thereof, but charged the queen to leave him to deal with the knight. He went straight into the chamber unto Sir Tramtrist, that he found by now already armed to mount upon his horse. King Anguish saw that it was of no avail to fight, 
and that it was no honour to slay Sir Tramtrist while a guest within his court. So he gave him leave to depart from Ireland in safety, if he would tell who he was, and whether he slew Sir Mahos. Sir, said Tristram, now I shall tell you all the truth. My father's name is Meliodas, king of Leoness, and my mother is called Elizabeth. That was sister unto King Mark of Cornwall. I was christened Tristram, but because I would not be known in this country, I turned my name, and had myself called Tramtrist. For the tribute of Cornwall I fought for mine uncle's sake, and for the right of Cornwall that ye had possessed many years. And wit ye well, I did the battle for the love of mine uncle, King Mark, for the love of the country of Cornwall, and to increase mine honour. Truly, said the king, I may not say but ye did as a knight should, howbeit I may not maintain you in this country with my honour. Sir, said Tristram, I thank you for your good lordship that I have had with you here, and the great goodness my lady your daughter hath shown me. It may so happen that ye shall win more by my life than by my death, for in the parts of England it may be I may do you service at some season, so that ye shall be glad that ever ye showed me your good lordship. I beseech your good grace that I may take my leave of your daughter, and of all the barons and knights. This request the king granted, and Sir Tristram went unto the fair Isoud and took leave of her. And he told her all, what he was, how he had changed his name because he would not be known, and how a lady told him that he should never be whole till he came into this country where the poison was made. She was full woe of his departing, and wept heartily. "'Madam,' said Tristram, "'I promise you faithfully that I shall be all the days of my life your knight.' Gramercy, said the fair Isoud, I promise you against that I shall not be married the seven years, but by your assent. Then Sir Tristram gave her a ring, and she gave him another, and therewith he departed from her, leaving her making great dole and lamentation. And he straight went unto the court among all the barons, and there he took his leave of most and least, and so departed and took the sea, and with good wind he arrived up at Tintagel in Cornwall. End of chapter 19